0: Hello everyone, welcome to the message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Uh, The message is for Sunday, December the 17th, 2023. We appreciate you being here today for today's message. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with our message now uh, following a word of prayer. Lord, we are so thankful for your presence as we gather together and Hear you speak to us now about this time of year that we're in, and Lord, that there are ways that we can truly get closer and closer in our relationship with you in spite of the busyness of the season. We thank you indeed that we can celebrate uh, your birth here because that meant that you would be a Savior for the entire world. And yet, Lord, we need reminders on how we are to Give regard to who you are and what you have done for us. And we thank you for this time that we can get together and look at some passages and just see how you want uh, to speak to us and what you want us to hear from you. We thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus's precious name. Amen. Today's message is aptly titled, A Week Before Christmas. This year has gone by so quickly, and now we're only one week away from Christmas. Next Sunday is Christmas Eve, which is typically one of the busiest shopping days of the year. Many of us may already be done with our Christmas shopping, but there are real traditional diehards out there who enjoy the excitement of last-minute shopping. I remember a long time ago in another universe where there was a Revco drugstore open very close to the Zayer department store in Warrensville Heights, Ohio. That's across from Thistledown Racetrack. I was in the Revco store standing in line with gifts from me and my family, and there were about 10 of us getting checked out just before midnight. Even though it was at the very last minute, I haven't forgotten that part of the experience to this day. All of us in line had smiles on our faces because we got what we needed for gifts. And the next thing to look forward to was to wrap presents at about 3 a.m. Christmas morning. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Well, this message is not about what you're doing next week. This is about the week before Christmas which is a marker for a number of people that are actively preparing for Christmas and everything that it brings. The website Lifetime Organizing is out there for people who have no idea what they're doing right now. And for whatever reason, they cannot conceptualize what needs to be done just before Christmas. Here is a checklist that Lifetime Organizing provides to help those people out as a clue they know that your Christmas shopping should have been done by yesterday. Here is a map of what they have for you. Sunday, December the 17th, finish wrapping all gifts. Same day, December 17th, write your menus and grocery list for the week of Christmas, including special food for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and ingredients for holiday baking. Monday, December the 18th, buy groceries. For the week, including all your special Christmas foods. Tuesday, December the 19th, finish making all your Christmas goodies such as Christmas cookies and candy. Wednesday, December the 20th and Thursday, December 21st, clean your house and finish decorating if needed. Friday, December 22nd and Saturday, December 23rd, make all food and snacks for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Sunday, December 24th to Monday, December 25th, time to celebrate and enjoy time with family and friends. Now, for those of you who are this year's designated planners, these are all suggestions. The real world dictates that your life plan at Christmas time may be much closer to my Revco example than what Lifetime Organizing claims. Either way, the week before Christmas is much more than planning or shopping before the company comes over. The week before Christmas should be a week of reflection on the reason for this season. The week before Christmas should include a time of reflection as to the goodness of Jesus Christ and the fact that it was planned all along for Jesus to become like one of us to be our perfect sacrifice in love here's the thing that I want all of us to see. We all understand what it is to rush around town before we can slow down and celebrate Christmas. But let's also remember that all of us must have hearts of gratitude in anticipation of not just Christmas Day, but the reason for Christmas Day, the appearance of Christ, and the expectation on the second coming of Christ. Now, I say this with a cautionary tone because, for some of us, it's not a great time of the year. And I'm sensitive to this fact. If Christmas time is not a good time for someone, friends and family are going to need to rally around that person by being a reflection of the life of Christ and sharing the peace that only he can bring. If I can share one thing that will help you through this season, it's this. Do not live as if you have to suck it up and just deal during Christmas when memories of grief and sorrow from loss bubble up. Give all of it to Jesus. It's not about getting over it. It's about getting through it with Jesus. All the more reason to use this time to really draw upon the peace of God. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 14. I want to look at verse 27. John chapter 14, looking at verse 27. And we're going to look at the NIV version. And I want you to hear what the words are that Jesus spoke of um, in this passage. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Remember this phraseology here about peace. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit later in today's message. Another passage I want you to look at is Philippians 4. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8. Again in the NIV version, verse 6, Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and verse 8 finally what brothers and sisters excuse me finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things. And we have to redirect ourselves and focus on these things. We readily recognize the business and busyness of this time of year. But even when we know that we should find ways to pace ourselves and slow down, what often happens is that we move from one busy task to another busy task. And we find ourselves making excuses why we can't take the time for self care because there are so many things that need to be accomplished. Well, now let's take our minds off the secular events of Christmas and focus more on the spiritual aspect of Christmas. Let's carve out some time, right now, to focus on these things that are good and pleasing for us and for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you are aware of Advent? The meaning of the word Advent is coming. Advent is the celebration of Christmas for a few weeks before the official date of December 25th. It is essentially a countdown of the celebration of the comings of Jesus Christ. Christmas, as we know, is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, which is the first advent of Christ. But Advent also references the next two visits of Jesus, the gathering of the body of Christ, his church in the air, and the second Advent of Jesus Christ, his return to earth. For believers in Jesus, these next two events are well worth our attention. Suffice it to say that Jesus, during his first trip to earth, came specifically to be our Savior. His returns to earth will be to gather his bride, the church, and then not much longer after that, he will return with his feet on the ground to reign and render judgment. Advent gives us a greater focus on how Jesus has revealed himself and how he will reveal himself in the future. We often speak of the imminent return of Jesus, but may I remind everyone that the rapture can happen at any moment. Advent traditionally begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas. This year it began on December the 3rd. And it involves keeping the life that we live in perspective with the recognition of Christ as the center of everything that they do. In fact, the focus of Advent is associated to acknowledging the life and actions of Jesus. If you're serious about following Advent, you may go as far as keeping a calendar and reading a number of devotionals pertaining to Jesus and his attributes, or you may keep a wreath of candles that can be lighted over time for the four weeks leading up to Christmas. All of this is done to reflect upon the first appearance of Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins and that he will indeed return again. I've selected four themes that will help us to prayerfully see more of Jesus during this time of year. Each of these are a reflection of Jesus and of the fruits of the Spirit that we are to live by. For the record, we should pray that all believers center on these things, honestly, to help make today's world a better place. That has to come from us as believers. It starts with us, and we work through Jesus to accomplish that. The first uh, tenet to look at here is hope and faith. Number one is hope and faith. If you were to look up the word hope in the dictionary, one of the definitions is a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. It involves feelings of expectation And there is a focus on a future event or events that one looks forward to. Advent is a way for us to focus on the coming of Christ. And it is also a reminder that we look forward to an eternity with him in our future. As we only have the capability of retaining knowledge of the past and living merely in the present, the future will always be mysterious for every human being. How do we reconcile with our own human reasoning in this area. The reality is that we can't really reconcile it without faith. Faith allows us to reconcile the promises of God, which is based on his written word, and believe that he will fulfill his promise based upon what? The proof, the evidence, his track record. As we have the infallible word of God at our fingertips, and the ability to seek the Lord at any time with prayer and communication, he will help us in our faith as we go if we simply rely upon him as a resource and trust him. Please turn to Hebrews 11. Let's look at a passage that is very familiar. Hebrews 11, verse 1, uh, the NIV version. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And this is actually using and referencing the very thing we just discussed here about faith and hope. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Note the words in this passage, confidence and assurance. The New Living Translation refers to faith as the reality of of what we hope for and the evidence of things we cannot see. All this speaks of the fulfillment of a promise that only God can reassure us of. We have hope because of our faith. It's a necessity within your relationship with Jesus. And if you drop down to verse 6 in Hebrews 11, if you still have your Bible or electronic device there, Hebrews eleven six. Says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those. And that he rewards those, excuse me, who seek him. Faith is a necessity. It is absolutely necessary in the way we look to the Lord, serve the Lord, recognize the Lord. Faith must be in the picture. And that faith gives us hope. Our challenge every day is to take our life in this world and, frankly, often redirect, redirect our way back to a place where our focus is on living for Jesus in service for him as if it were our last day on earth. Live every day like that. If you live according to the world, you will not be able to focus on Jesus. But if you live by the lyrics of the hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus... Well, Hear the lyrics. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. One of the things that admittedly calms me down in my moments of stress are humming or singing hymns. It's because I have learned that if I want to take the immediate stresses of life, off my back. I need to sing myself, sing to myself, excuse me, or hum a hymn that puts my focus directly on Jesus. It begins there because it's important for all of us to get into God's word and be reassured of his calming presence. He never fails on delivering us from whatever we're going through time after time, time and again. Take a look at Romans 15, and let's look at verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13. God wants to help us. He wants to help us in our faith. He wants to help us and help us when it comes to our hope. He is our hope. Verse 13, Romans 15, May the God of hope, amen, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. So use this time in this season to get yourself to a place where nothing else really matters but the goodness of God in your relationship with Jesus. He is our hope. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. The second point I want to raise uh, in one of the tenets that we're looking at here is peace. Peace is number two. We serve a Savior that also desires to lessen our burdens and give us the peace that the world can never give to us. No sense in looking for peace around the world. The peace comes directly from Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 11. Go to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. We'll also look at this from the NIV version as well too. Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. Verse 28: "Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle." And humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Go to John 16. I want you to look at verse 33 in John chapter 16. John 16, verse 33. This peace is so important. Amen. Verse 33 in John chapter 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. This is Jesus speaking. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. Jesus has already overcome the world. He is much greater than the world. Whatever the world can offer us, he's much greater than that our world is always going to be filled with conflict because that's what the world will always offer. It's stressful. It can cause consternation and feelings of helplessness. But you can't worry about something that Jesus already knows about and is well within his control. Give your burdens to him and experience his peace. Give your burdens to Jesus. Experience his peace. The third point is love. They're, the principles are in no particular order of importance, the ones we've shared here. They all have value as we draw nearer to our Lord and Savior, but of these principles, love is the very nature and essence of God. He came to earth as a Savior because God loves us beyond measure. Where do we see that? John chapter 3, verse 16. Our lives must be a reflection of Jesus and his love for all mankind. Our gospel message, the very things that we say to others, must be shared with faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. A couple of passages I want to look at within 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Go to 1 Corinthians 13 and we're going to take a look at verses 4 through 7 and then later on at verses 12 and 13. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. And let's take a look at, start at verse 4. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. This is the NIV version also. Look at what it says here. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Drop down to verse 12. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. That says it all. Flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I'll just go over a few pages to chapter 16. And this is the way we as believers need to live in this world of conflict because we need to watch what's happening around us, no question about it. We don't need to be ignorant of those things that we see and hear about because it's important for us to be always on the lookout. But at the end of the day, we have to take a stand and be firm. Verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 16. Verse 13. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. And then verse 14, let all that you do be done in love. Because love honors the truth. And everything that we do, the words that we use, how we speak, how we carry ourselves, it must be done in love. The fourth point is joy. A great Christmas card to hand out is one with the word joy stamped on the front of the card. Joy is more than just a happy feeling. Let me repeat that. Joy is more than just a happy feeling. It's interesting how often we use the word happiness as a means of getting through the cares of life. Happiness on its own merit only goes so far. It is often rooted, frankly, in our own desires. Notice that happiness is not one of the characteristics of the fruits of the Spirit. Joy comes directly from the relationship that we have with Jesus. Not happiness, joy. And as a reminder of what these fruits are, go to Galatians chapter 5, and let's look at verses 22 through 24. Galatians 5, verses 22 through 24. And this is going to pretty much tell you exactly what the fruits are. Verse 22, Galatians 5. This is the English Standard Version. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And that's the whole point of this. If the Spirit is involved and you're living according to the fruits of the Spirit, the things that you value or hold dear, maybe even selfishly, will slowly fade to the background. It'll be more about pleasing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Joy is rooted in contentment that all is well. And all is well because of Jesus Christ. His presence in your life should cause you to rejoice. He chose you to be in his family. He wants you to trust in him and experience the joy that comes only from him. It comes from him. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter 1, and we're going to look at verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And now you're going to start to put together all the things we've talked about here. This faith and hope, this uh, joy, um, the peace, and the love. And we're going to put all of this together now, start talking about those things as to how we need to make sure we're always redirecting ourselves during this time of year and focusing on those things. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yeah, we have reason to be joyful. And that's a really important reason right there, our salvation. How the Lord has taken care of us, loving us more than we can imagine. I love John's words that follow here about the essence of a healthy relationship with Jesus and the resulting joy that comes from it. I want you to go to John chapter 15, and let's take a look at that. John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 9 through 11. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. I always refer to John as the love disciple. He talks about love so often, the love of God, and how really important that is for us to understand and recognize. Verse 9 of John chapter 15 as the Father has loved me. Now this is, this is Jesus speaking, but John is recording this for us. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. We all must take the time during this busy season to experience the love of Jesus Christ, the wonder of his first appearance, and the expectation of his return. It is the presence of Jesus in our lives now and in the future that bring us great peace and the fullness of joy. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you all. Amen. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and sharing those very truths with us today. Lord, we do not want Christmas to be a season that is just fraught with constant commercialism, always running and chasing after things, chasing after presents, chasing after gifts, buying food. We, Lord, we recognize that those things are all part of the season. But Lord, may we always take the time to retreat, even for a few moments a day, and center ourselves on your goodness on the faith that we have in you, the hope that you reflect to us, the peace that you give to us, the joy that we have by listening to you, and finally, of course, the love that you have for us. Lord, may we always remember those very things when we recognize jesus christ our savior our sanctifier our healer our coming king lord we thank you for the teaching today bless us and keep us lord as we reflect upon these things as we get closer and closer to christmas and lord we pray that we can take the time now alone with you in prayer And with our families in the same manner reflecting the love of christ wherever we go we thank you we give you praise in jesus's precious name amen hey we appreciate you being here today for the message for akron alliance fellowship church for sunday december the 17th 2023 thank you so much for joining us today if you like additional content please go to our website akronalliance.org And also for our schedule for church events. And we also recommend that you follow us on our social media platforms. Facebook, Akron Elias Fellowship. Instagram, same name as well too. And our YouTube channel. And please be sure to like and subscribe for new content on YouTube. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time.